I think like the characters of Abby and Ichabod though, those actors are so like inherently fuckable. Yes. Like you would see them anywhere and be like, yes, please. Yes. Whereas like Worf, I feel less so. You know, he's a certain kind of dish. <laughs> And people are into that. And that's like fine. once they like watch the character happen, because I feel like so like someone has to tell you that Worf is sexy for you to figure out that Worf is sexy. Disagree. Whereas like Ichabod Crane, no one has to give you any direction well, on that. That's a that's a train on rails. Worf is a little bit more of a journey. <laughs> Again, like if you're already on that journey, Worf is not you're already a Worf. No one was a Worf sexual before they saw Worf. Dude, I don't think you can speak for everybody in this way. I think there's something inherently <laughs> sexual about the like Klingons. had dreams about someone who looked... Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah I Klingons. forgot Worf was half Klingon. Yeah. So Worf was kind of working He's no Geordi LaForge is what I'm saying. He's not like, you know, a milk toast <laughs> engineer. There you go. Exactly. Someone has to tell you Geordi is sexy for you to want to have sex with Geordi. That's true. That is definitely the thing. And that's not why true his... for Abby and Ichabod. I'll agree. I, yeah. But I think that's why Star Trek is actually a really good discussion about hetero friendships. Sometimes it's weird because like the braid of like attraction can be so confusing. Like Hmm. you can stare into somebody's eye and like they can really like you can like just vibe so good and you're like, oh my God, it's like I want our brains to fuck and then it gets confusing because it's like if our brains are fucking, our bodies should be fucking. But no, your bodies don't need to fuck if your brains are fucking. What? That was complicated. The thing that I'm not the thing is is like (laughs) brain fucking is still fucking. No, I mean like you know when you meet somebody and they're like oh my god like for me it would be somebody who's like oh my god do you know about the Atlantic right whale and I would be like oh my god you know about the critically endangered think, Atlantic think, right whale here's the thing I don't I don't think fucking is the right way to describe that and I think that's kind of my my issue I'm worried that I've become too dichotomous like we're mm. fucking or we're not and I think there's like other ways to have deep can we call it mind melding uh, maybe, maybe not mind melding just like mind meeting yeah but sometimes like that mind meeting can be so powerful and it doesn't have to have a sexual element yeah i think it can just yeah so i don't think fucking is the right way to describe it fair (sighs) 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 i'm morgan and i'm isabeau this is well man a podcast about romance novels about turkeys about meeting your brother's best friend. About the English colonizing everything somehow. <laughs> about missing your family during the holidays. About the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. About vegetarian dishes. About Trader Joe's. Ugh. Masturbation <laughs> prevention in many ways. <laughs> but also certainly part and parcel of how masturbation should happen. Uh, their treats are so delicious. What are you talking about? <laughs> pause the podcast. What do you do? What Trader... No, don't pause recording. I want this on the record. What do you do with Trader Joe's treats while you masturbate? Oh, it's not like a while thing. It's like you set the stage. So like you got to treat yourself. So you give yourself like, like a lavender or a citrus scrub in the shower and then like maybe Great that's products where you by start. Trader 
Joe's. I actually want to fully endorse those scrubs. Yeah, the scrubs are so good. And then it's like, you know, if you're getting just... rid of all that dead skin. Yeah, and like, you know, and then you it make yourself like coffee. Pink and raw like a newborn baby getting out of the shower. Continue. Yeah. And so like then your skin, it also like blacks the moisture in. So then you like feel silky like a dolphin or a selkie or something. And then all you just, aquatic like... creatures naturally coming from you. Exactly. Obviously. Let's be real. <laughs> and then you like slip yourself back into bed and you're still kind of just like a little bit wet and all that moisture's locked in and then you're like hot cup of Trader Joe exactly Mm -hmm. although the Trader Joe's coffee like that isn't the best one that they have then you're just like you know getting all into it and you're thinking about maybe some of your treats like the peppermint cookies or like that sweet Trader Joe's smell and like you think about how how stuffed those pretzels are with peanut butter and you're like "Mm, Mm. I also want to get stuffed yeah or like the mochi and you're like I kind of want to come bursting out like that Mm -hmm. that's that's Mm -hmm. all I'm saying it's like Trader Joe's is just just it's like a big bag of pinto beans <laughs> the dry kind that's gonna get all oh, wet soak it overnight mm. before you can cook it that's what you do penetrate the membrane soak it that shell yeah it's the trader does it's like a masturbation station <laughs> Don't masturbate there, though. Uh, and this podcast is certainly about masturbation. But not enough. <laughs> not enough. Not enough. But most of all. Romance novels. And ourselves. This week, we're cranking up the oven. We're basting in a turkey. We're making the kind of oyster stuffing your grandma insists on and also a little of the regular shit. Yep, a lot of the basic shit. This gravy is made with the giblets. <laughs> Actually, British no, giblets. it's not because it's not, this is a very this is a very vegetarian friendly friendly Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, in fact, it is Turkey Day Tryst mm-hmm. by Mia McAndrews. So normally we're good in slosh while we record, but tonight we are just enjoying some hot cups OT. Yeah, it might get weird later. It's probably gonna get weird later. I'm not gonna lie. Who should uh, do the synopsis? I will do the synopsis. Excellent. Turkey Day Trysts finds our heroine. Name unimportant. It's Debbie. With a Y, <laughs> my friends. With a Y. The also, classy spelling. Also, this book is not set in 1987, even though Debbie, our heroine's first name, would suggest that it is. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Like, she must have been named after, like, her mom's sister or something, right? Yeah, definitely. But that's not stated. <laughs> Deb. Just Debbie. Do you think Deb is, like, a more contemporary version of Debbie? I think Deb and Deborah and Debbie are names that, like, won't reoccur for a long time. Ooh, that T-Rex song, though. Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. Debbery, Debbery, da. Oh, Deborah. <laughs> Look like a conjurer. I might name my child Deborah. That's cool. Call her Rara. Oh, I love that, though. Call her Debo. Debo's fine. Rara's way better, though, especially for like a three year old, like, spitfire of a little girl. Yeah. The, also, the nice thing about the name Deborah is that it kind of grows up with you. Yeah. You know, a lot of people name their babies without thinking about the fact that that baby's going to be a grown up someday. I think we have the opposite problem right now. Like, all of the babies that I know lately are just getting like old people names. Well, I don't think they're old people names. I think it's just cyclical. Yeah. Like Britney and I don't know. Chelsea. Nursing homes are going to be full of Britneys and Chelsea's and and all the Myrtles and Hazels are going to be like young. They're going to be like, God can't believe Myrtle is so hipster. She obviously had to name her daughter Britney or Stephanie. I just don't think that those names have the same sort of staying power as Hazel or like Violet. Oh, Violet is so lovely. What a lovely name. It is. It's time. Timeless. I just don't think like Brittany. Hazel's not timeless. Christine. If you would have proposed Hazel as a name to me when I was like eight, I would have been like, that's an old lady name. But of course, everything's cyclical. Mm-hmm. So who knows how we'll feel or 
how our children will feel. Pretty sure that if my children tried to name somebody with like an eye that like you can conceivably put a heart or a star above it, I'm gonna be like, don't do it. Do you know a name I like? Hmm. Brandy. With an eye? No, with a Y, but I like the name Brandy. Like Brandy or Fine Girl? Yeah. What a good wife you would be. Yeah. But my there, I knew this wife girl who was a year older than me in kinder prep and her name was Brandy and I was like, she's the prettiest girl in the world. It's weird how things like that stay with you. Yeah. I wonder what she's up to. I don't know. You I don't know, Facebook but I'll tell you what, Debbie is home for the holidays. The holiday of which we speak is Thanksgiving. Not the Canadian kind. No. Oh no. This Thanksgiving is red, white, and blue. <laughs> Uh, there it is- also takes place in Washington, D.C., which makes it even like more American, if that's possible. Except all of the Americanness is about to get sucked out of this. We find out that Debbie is a vegetarian, and instead of being content to enjoy all of the different vegetarian sides that you mm-hmm. can have with Thanksgiving, she does, in fact, get a, a vegetarian roast from Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she comes home for Thanksgiving. She's sad because her twin sister is like in the Peace Corps and couldn't make it back home, which is pretty mm-hmm. normal and okay. But then her her older sister and her husband and her brother are Mm -hmm. all coming home and her brother brings his lab partner from chemistry grad school who is this Englishman a ginger Englishman name also unimportant and Deb is like me likey look at that I don't just like strawberry I don't just like cinnamon in my apple pie I also like it in my British men in the pubic hair I put my face next to also on his eyebrows facial hair I want to touch eyebrows with this guy with this cinnamon sugar with this pumpkin spice latte yes a pumpkin spice latte and uh, so she big. puts on her short little boxer shorts and he's like guess what I'm into it and uh, they end up having sex at her parents house in her twin bed and here's this is this is my first weirdest part so he this house is cavernous is how Adam our Brit describes it there are four floors there's there's a, four floors how do yeah. you I don't remember any of this. I took major note of the house because it began to feel like the house. How are they having sex with her parents nearby? No, because like whatever, that's hot for some people, but like the way that they described the lounge and the parlor and like this cavernous kitchen and how many bedrooms and her bedroom has a bathroom suite and it's her childhood bedroom. And I'm like, okay, how big is this house? Because it begins to feel like the home alone house. Yeah, they're well to do. basically how I envisioned it. But the reason... The home alone house is right here in Chicago, Illinois. Sure is. The reason I bring this up is because he's installed immediately in one of the guest rooms that has a king size bed. But all of the sex scenes take place in her childhood bedroom, which only has a twin. And I was like, what y'all doing? Is that, do you think it's people who like to have sex knowing that their parents are nearby? Do you think that counts as like light incest? I don't know. That's a great question for our listeners. And uh, further, do you think if you're the type of person who likes to fuck in your childhood bedroom, that maybe that's like a little weird also? I think that's a particular kink that folk have. Yeah. Pedophilia. (laughs) has been described as a particular kink that people that is have. Not, having sex in your childhood bedroom is I don't want to put those in the same You get a little damp pan. over childhood shit. But it's so it's like your childhood shit, you know? It's like you got Duran Duran posters on the wall. And you you're did like, not have Duran Duran posters. No, you but not that old and neither is Debbie. No, but it feels like Debbie should be is what I'm saying. 
<laughs> she does have the right name to have Duran Duran posters. Holy shit, Duran Duran's so good. Not super handsome anymore, but they were pretty dreamy back then. Soup dream. Soup's dream. And I'm sure Debbie thought so because she fetishizes the shit out of this Englishman. She sure does immediately objectifies that guy. And he comes in and he's like, hot as fuck. I'm also vegan. Anyways, but she's like, I can't get involved with him. I want to go on a big European vacation. And I can't have a boyfriend if I do that. And then at the end of the book, she decides that she can. Yeah, the conflict in this is kind of weak sauce, right? Because it's a big fucking bummer. She's a preschool teacher in the D.C. metro area at like what I assume is Montessori. And she's... Why do you assume it's Montessori? Just her whole vibe? Yeah. She would have mentioned it was Montessori if it was Montessori. I feel like she said it was special. Hey, hey, do you know how you can tell if someone went to Montessori school at a dinner party? They can put their jacket on in a special way? No. What? They tell you they went to Montessori <laughs> school. <laughs> Same way you can tell someone's a vegan. Do you know how you can tell someone's vegan at Thanksgiving? How? They make a big fucking deal about their Trader Joe's vegetarian roast. This is my second weirdest part. So Adam has this like whole like crisis of conscience on Thanksgiving day where he's like, oh, we had the veggie bolognese last night. And but some people just prefer soya mints. Which whatever, Adam. Typical no, British person. No, they don't. So then he, like, he has this all this angst where he's like, I have to tell Barbara, the matriarch, that I'm a vegetarian and I don't mean to ruin all her plans because she's cooking for 30 people, but like maybe my asshole friend didn't tell his mom that I'm a vegetarian because I've never mentioned it. And so he like makes this big to-do and then like this everybody's internal like... internal conflict. Totally. And everybody's like, we know you're a vegetarian. Sam noticed because Sam was paying attention because he's a good friend. Why wouldn't Sam just ask? Also, why wouldn't Adam just hold his fucking tongue and eat the sides? Yeah, exactly. Like in his mind, he's like, I need a turkey alternative. Yeah. Like I need my own special thing. I'm not sure if the author is from the United States because she was awfully incredulous about more than one potato preparation being on the Thanksgiving table to the point where like our hero is like, oh, like that's pretty weird. (laughs) Three potatoes. Would you put three types of potatoes? He's Australian now. <laughs> three types of potatoes for 30 people. I've, I have to be honest. This is exactly the type of thing we tried to breed out of the Irish. <laughs> potato eaters. Jesus. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, my family's pretty weird, but it's just because me and my sibling fight over the different kinds of potatoes that we like. (laughs) We're just like, no, you just have three different kinds of potatoes. Especially if you're serving 30 people. You have a minimum of two different kinds of potatoes. At least. You've got to have a sweet potato. You've got to have a... A starchy white potato. A regular old potato with some russets. You've got to have a mash. You've got to have a roast. Do you like your sweet potatoes in the sweet style or in the savory style? You like the marshmallows on top? I do not. Since I grew up Greek, my Thanksgivings had a different flavor from traditional uh, American Thanksgivings. Mm -hmm. My potatoes were covered in lemons and usually in long wedges, which is Greek style potatoes, sometimes with feta cheese. So I was new to the idea that you could put sweet things on top of a sweet potato. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then I I had my first Thanksgiving at my uh, husband's home and I'd never had a green bean casserole before. (gasps) My favorite dish. And the Thanksgiving season. Never had uh, oysters. Oyster dressing. Bacon, which is a thing that they do. I think that's just them. And I'd never had a sweet potato with marshmallows on it. Can I tell you a real heartbreaking story? Sure. Brandon, my boyfriend 
threw off the voting balance in my household and now it's sweet sweet potatoes Ugh. which is not my preference mm. i like the savories but my mom makes like a mashed sweet potato casserole with the marshmallows on mm-hmm. top mm-hmm. and that's that's old bee bear's favorite <laughs> and she's got to keep her she's got to keep her favorite child happy you know that's how it works my mom's making pecan tassies because that's john's favorite treat brandon's parents will never make me a green bean casserole even though it's my favorite. Brandon has explicitly asked me not to bring my own to Thanksgiving celebrations. I can How say- fucked up is that? <laughs> I can say this because this is a safe space, but like one time John's family tried to include me and they're like, what would you like? What's like a traditional thing that you have at Thanksgiving? I'm like, I don't know, like Spanakopita, which is a oh, yeah, yeah, spinach pie. pie. And they were like, Spanako what now? And I was like, excuse me, that's like a pretty Americanized Greek dish. Yeah. Like it's not that weird. It's also not that weird to say. Like, Amy Sedaris made it blindfolded on her TV show. Exactly. And like, oh man. And here we are, you know, 12 years later and they've never made Spanakopita for me. Yeah, man. It's fine. I got over it. It's not fine. Everyone has to take care of men. Nobody has to take care of me. I want some green bean casserole. Do you get it with the condensed mushroom soup in it? Oh, yeah, bud. With the oh, French yeah. onion crisps Yeah, that's how. That's what the dish is. I'm just making sure. Uh, sometimes if I'm feeling a little bougie, I'll, I'll do like a fresh green bean preparation. Mm. But it's got to have that condensed mushroom soup. It makes it delicious. It's got to have those French onion starlings. Yeah, they're good. They're good. It's a delicious thing. Not everyone likes it. I will say but that everyone I prefer should. it with fresh green beans to canned. canned certainly. Sure. Jesus, I don't really what? like it. Not terrible with the canned. Sure. I feel like we got real. Well, look, here, there's not much to say about this book. Here's another important element, formal element. It's got recipes. None of them are Thanksgiving dishes. It was sold to me by a certain Isabeau (laughs) that this was a book with recipes. None of them mashed potatoes. No. I want to try that cinnamon apple muffin one. I mean, like some of the recipes sound like no thanks but the apple cinnamon muffins does sound interesting yeah i want to try pumpkin pie nope nope they talk about world famous pumpkin pie and we don't get it but we do get world famous chocolate chip cookies which yeah i was like don't include your chocolate chip recipe for like i can get that off the back of a nestle here's the thing listeners so like morgan's trying to malign me here but she made a special request morgan loves thanksgiving morgan loves gathering around and i actually don't like thanksgiving that much oh god dude you're killing I don't like Thanksgiving that much. I like Halloween. I like Christmas. Thanksgiving comes in the middle. I like Hanukkah. Hanukkah's great. Festival of Lights. I've never been a part of a Kwanzaa celebration, but if you would like, you should invite me and I will come. I think Thanksgiving's great. I love Thanksgiving for a lot of reasons, not the least of which was in my adulthood when I couldn't make it home. My friends and I would have Thanksgivings. Yeah. And those were always really fun. Like I, Thanksgiving a, does feel like adaptable and flexible in a way that Christmas isn't. Right. And I think in that way, like Festivus for the rest of us and like the way in which it's just become a holiday where like there's this idea where if you've been orphaned because you can't make it home for your family, like there's somebody in your circle that can make space at the table mm, for you. Orphans for Thanksgivings are my favorite Thanksgivings. Yeah, they're the best ones. I think there should always be at least one or two randos at any Thanksgiving table. A hundred percent agree. I mean, I don't want to be like, I hate Thanksgiving. It's not my favorite holiday. I don't go in for it much. I did want to read a Thanksgiving romance and I tried to find a Thanksgiving historical. Imagine (laughs) why you couldn't find one. Just like... (laughs) 
drastically on that difficult. One. If you have any recommendations <laughs> for Thanksgiving historicals that are not absolute racist trash, hit us up. I would also be interested in reading the synopses of some racist trash ones. Oh, yeah, we can make fun of them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Kudos to McAndrews for apparently finding a real niche market in a holiday novella. It's called The Turkey Day Tryst. All right. Weirdest part for you. You want to start with weirdest or sexiest? Well, I already said the weirdest part for me was that they like never got in the fucking king size guest bed. Yeah. That's fucked up. Mm. They should do the fucking in the king size bed. Sexiest part for me. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that crazy scene where their parents are in the other room and they're in the kitchen and they're supposed to be doing dishes Mm -hmm. and then he spills giblet gravy Mm -hmm. all over her shirt. She's like, this is messy and gross. And she takes it off and then he spills more giblet gravy on her and licks it off of her and then they just go to town on each other. Do you remember that part? No. No, because that part doesn't exist. Because (laughs) there are actually no sex scenes actually exist in this book and nor do they take advantage of the festive spirit of thanksgiving that is true there's a really there are a couple real missed opportunities in the sex department a couple yeah like there's a scene where she's like i'm going to masturbate thinking about this hot ginger brit scientist that my brother brought home also i don't know about you but like i was getting this real sense that her brother might be into adam but like that might just that would have been interesting i know that was just like wishful thinking it turned out on my part here's a note I wrote a lot in this book. Is that a phrase? Have a bit of a relax. (laughs) That doesn't seem like a Britishism. No. How about this? I'll holler up. I don't know what that is. It's not a phrase. That's not a phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Holler up. Holler up. I feel like that's what my mom would say if she was trying to yell up the stairs. She would just say, I'll holler. You just holler. You don't holler in a direction. That's the point of hollering. Yeah, again. Or like, holla. That's just like putting it out there. Mm -hmm. Here's another note. I wrote the phrase, threw up a little, next to the highlighted portion, prime cuddle partners. There was a lot of cuddling in this book that I didn't understand. This is essentially... Oh, this this is it. Adam, who is our hero. Adam did not go around thinking about which girls in his vicinity were prime cuddle partners. Hell, he'd barely even had time to think about women the past few months with his research kicking into high gear and PhD applications weighing him down. He's just got a lot on his plate, Morgan. But yet this woman makes him think about, is she a prime cuddle partner? Describe your prime cuddle partner. Go. Vigo Mortensen. An Atlantic right whale. I thought there was going to be like a description of a person. But it's just a name and then a species of whale. What's your prime cuddle partner? Same, the whale. Yep. You're just going to get encapsulated. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. This whole book felt exactly like I was reading a treatment for a Hallmark holiday film that I had not yet seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm revisiting my notes. <laughs> I will go, okay, okay, so there's this part in Morgan's notes where, like, Adam is thinking about Debbie and he's like, speak of the angel and Morgan's <laughs> note just says no, period. <laughs> and I have to, I have to say, listeners, hard agree. You don't fucking speak of the angel, yo. Uh, here's my other so Debbie is imagining she she just wants to get through this Thanksgiving and in, in due time she will be back home in Adams Morgan, which is a neighborhood in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. reading the latest Lisa Claypost mm-hmm. and digging into her stash of Halloween candy. She's still eating Halloween candy at Thanksgiving. It doesn't go She's bad. She's reading Lisa. It should have been consumed already. What if she got a lot? I hope so. Anyways, I just said I hate her. <laughs> 
<laughs> Here's another one. Just the hero, upon reflecting about his like corporeal form, uh-huh. his state of being. He is hot. He reflects. He was both with boner and bone tired, <laughs> to which I commented, unacceptable. <laughs> I wonder if men really think about themselves like that. Also, the first time I've read in a romance novel, genitals described as the downstairs situation. That seems like, again, I don't mean to be like the hallmark of a hallmark film is a downstairs situation, but it feels like it is. Yeah, I think that's one of the things. So I never remember where I heard this, but I thought it was so perfect. Someone was like, well, what's the difference between a hallmark movie and a lifetime movie? And someone was like, lifetime movies hate men. Hallmark movies love men (laughs) and there's this weird like anytime I'm watching a Hallmark movie I'm like what is this is this Christian (laughs) I think that's a really really fair question when I also watch Hallmark movies even when it's not explicitly Christian I'm like is this a book for Christians (laughs) you know it's kind of this experience of reading this novel yeah, that's like, you know, but in the same way, like there are like a couple of turns, like they are immediately cuddling, like he doesn't want to have sex with her. He wants to like go through her Netflix queue and they watch the skeleton key. And like, I feel Ugh. like that would have been a scene in a movie and it would have made more sense to me than it did in a 114 page book. Yeah. And like, she's got this whole moment with her dad where like everybody knows that they've been having sex in her childhood Ugh. bedroom. And I'm like, I can't imagine having this conversation with my dad, but like I I've seen Hallmark movies where the dad's like, hey, kiddo, maybe maybe don't think about your travel plans or your career. Yeah, maybe, maybe think about think what about it's your like. personal future. Maybe think about your reproductive potential. I've never seen you this happy or this relaxed. Like, maybe think about that. Yeah. How kiddo. happy and relaxed is she going to be when he's in Boston and she's in Adams Morgan or whatever? They're going to have weird British phone sex. <sighs> Do your best impression <laughs> of weird British phone sex. Oh. I'm gonna just like just like right here. I'm just gonna continue to rub the chip against it. Just like just this. Is, I'm sorry. Was that? Oh, what pardon, a kerfuffle! Pardon me. I've pardon just, me. Oh, oh, it he appears as saying, though I've come. He keeps saying. He keeps saying excuse me, and he keeps apologizing, but it's as if it's her fault. But again, that is movie. British phone sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look what you've made me do there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so dear. Oh, that's the other thing. She's like, oh, you're British. And he's like, well, English, but yes. And it's like, like kill uh. yourself. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, the days of empire are over. And yet you're insisting on your own special protein for Thanksgiving <laughs> and fucking the daughter of the homeowner. <laughs> Do you have sex in your childhood bedroom? I moved around so much that I don't have a childhood bedroom. You and John started dating in high school. We sure did. Did you have sex in your childhood bedroom? Yes. See, I think it would probably be less weird if it was like when the you were a I child. Origin- well, no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, if it was just like a continued habit. Sure. I think <laughs> if we still lived in that house and we had sex, like that wouldn't be weird. I will say that we never had sex in his childhood bedroom, although we did definitely have sex in the car that he drove in high school, which was a Dodge Intrepid. Yeah, you've mentioned that before. I love the Dodge. I have zero interest ever in my parents' home. (laughs) No, 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 no. Not when it was my childhood bedroom and not now. I find people who seek that out there in my life. I love them. I respect them. I do not love and respect that part of them. (laughs) 
I don't understand it. You're only there for like maximum three nights. I don't understand the appeal partly because like, A, I don't really have a childhood home. And like part of me, I guess, gets the appeal, especially if you're high school sweethearts where like there's something there about like the reliving of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Although like in hindsight, the thing was not that great. <laughs> I don't think I do want to relive it. Oh, I have such fond memories. Fumbling memories. Yeah. Like I have fond memories on the same way I like have fond memories of deranged nights out, you know? Yeah. It's like, wow, that was fun. <laughs> so stupid <laughs> that's how it should be but like not even your boyfriend just like your brother's friend who he's brought home for thanksgiving that's like the freakiest part of the that's the weirdest day. part for you no it's not the weirdest part for me it's the only remotely like non-vanilla <laughs> Yeah, where she's going to hook up with her brother's friend. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdest part for me is the turkey thing that he was like, oh, I've got to tell her that I can't have the turkey and I have to have an alternative. I was like, "Uh, why wouldn't you just keep your mouth shut and like eat the vegetarian shit? Yeah. Oh, my God. So one of my really good friends, Chris Lincoln, we had him over for brunch after he'd moved to Kansas City and we're still living in Columbia. And I made this like amazing meal with like, you know, I cooked this amazing bacon and I cooked everything in the bacon fat. and, And then he literally just ate the fruit salad that I had also laid out Mm -hmm. and I was like Chris like are you a vegetarian ha 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 like why aren't you eating this incredible meal that I've laid out for you and he's like well funny thing is I am a vegetarian and I was like what the fuck why wouldn't you just tell me like how long have you been a vegetarian he's like two years at that point like if Adam the hero at the point that he was invited to a feast holiday, he should have been like, I'd love to go. I am a vegetarian. Is that going to be a problem? Yeah, BT like, should have volunteered that information. Immediately. Immediately. By the time he gets to their house, it's too, too late. late. It's too late. You've got to make do. I agree. You wasted your time. Yep. And everyone else's, they're not going to go through with it. Although the brother is very observant. He's like, I've never seen him eat meat. Our buddy's a vegetarian. I'm like, powerful use of your deductive reasoning there, brother. And also make a lot of assumptions that's true maybe just you know isn't into it also it's just cheaper so then like you get the vegetarian option he's only a grad student like maybe he's trying to save money yeah there's lots of reasons that people don't he wouldn't have I've never <laughs> like, seen him eat also meat also the type of thing is like <laughs> well I've seen him I've observed every lunch he's ever had at the lab that's what I'm saying like I was envisioning this like beautiful unrequited love that the brother had and like no instead you just got like Mer- Anyways, sexiest part of the book. So here's the- I heard about some sh- shower sex. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's told in retrospect and as a flashback. And it's like and fleetingly. Yeah, like so she has this what was going to be my sexiest part is like she's thinking about him and then she like turns on the shower head and she's like gonna go to town on herself and I was like, ooh, this is gonna be good. And then it fades to black. And I was like, but but that was gonna be good. I feel like the author was like a little scared to write a sex scene. Yeah. Which makes this particular kind of romance that doesn't necessarily eschew sex scenes it just doesn't eschew sex a strange sandbox to play in yeah the englishman says the phrase pants referring to what they would call trousers drop trow he says you don't expect me to watch netflix with pants on do you and i was like oh my god he's gonna go bottomless he's gonna poop <laughs> <laughs> 
Netflix sash. But no, because he says, boxers, however, are the perfect attire, which feels inappropriate for the character. Also she, for the level of intimacy that so he they takes, have. So he takes off his bottoms and he's wearing polka dotted boxer briefs. What color polka dots? It just says polka dotted boxer briefs. I know. Polka dotted boxers, that's one thing. Boxer briefs, that's another thing. If you see a man in a printed boxer brief, mm-hmm. a little gay. I always think that's like a little, that's like a hint. What happens that now we have like subscription services like Me Undies that like are trading in super cool prints in boxer briefs. I'm not saying this is an uncool print. I'm not saying gay men would ever wear an uncool print. I'm saying like hetero dudes too wear boxer brief print. I think like there's like there's Do you think they're not just buying the solid meandies? No. That's what my man's doing. My man definitely got the Star Wars glow in the dark meandies. <laughs> Just think seriously about his friendships. That's all I'm saying. He has the perfect outfit to go night clubbing in Key West. Should the need arise. If only this, he is, knew. this is my if fucking favorite. This is my fucking favorite. Debbie says, right. Well, that makes sense. I'll take off my pants too then. It's hard to be comfortable in skinny jeans. She said, pointing to the favorite pair of skinny jeans that she'd put on this morning. She's pointing to the pants she's wearing. She doesn't even say, I'll get these off and then points to her pants. She says, these skinny jeans. Which she, she also likes to wear. Stand up. No. Stand up. Why Isabel. am I going to stand because up? Because I want to point out why this is so ridiculous. Stand up. Stand up. Oh my God. <sighs> point to your own pants. I love these pants. Point. Just point I'm, I'm to your pointing at my pants. <laughs> it's the worst gesture. <laughs> pointing at my pants. Stop pointing to pants. Pants. Is that a pants. dumb thing to do? Point to your own pants that you're wearing? I think you only point at your pants if you're pointing out a stain to your friend to have yeah, them exactly. be like, you can't Just, see it. You can't see it. You can't see that stain. You're like, the pants <laughs> I'm wearing right now. You're just pointing to it to suggest all of it. You're not like, oh no, I got this mustard on my pants. I'm like, like, I can't see it, Morgan. You Nobody would notice. These pants. Yeah. The whole... It's a crazy thing to do. Point to your own pants that you're wearing. Again, this feels like a treatment for a screenplay. Yeah, it's rough. I think it sounds a little bit... uh, Where it's like, if you were to write that in dialogue in terms of like a screenplay, it should be like, she pointed to her own pants. And like, that would be a thing where you like a direction for the No one would ever... Pointing to your own pants, it's not like a screenplay. It's like a high school theater and the (laughs) young ingenue has made a creative choice with the dialogue that said I better get these pants off and she's like playing to the people in the back, in the back of the proscenium and she's pointing to her own pants that's what it is that's your it's sexiest insane. part yeah that's by far the hottest part whenever she points to her own pants. it's gonna be our new shorthand which pants? which pants my pants your pants the early morning sun brought out the gold flecks in his eyes and hair that's very Hallmark. I think gold flecks are very Hallmark channel. Oh, yeah. A Hallmark detail. Here's a not so YA detail. And the magnificent cock that was standing at attention in front of her. Boop, boop. She's like, <laughs> that's the hottest part. <laughs> Do you know why? Because I can think of what makes a cock magnificent to me. Project that. Describe a magnificent cock. Left, right, center. A magnificent cock is like truly inside of me doing magnificent things. No, that's I want like you to describe like... it. What's the what's your ideal cock look like? I mean, like a cock. You don't have like a specific vision, like a thickness, a length. 
cut or uncut. I mean, like as long as it gets the job done. Here, here. No, no, no. We're going to do it this way. It's just going to be a series of questions that you answer. Is your magnificent cock cut or uncut? Again, like I don't. Just pick which one you would pick. I don't know. Just pick one. Why? Because you, it's your opportunity to create the most perfect penis. The penis you most want to have inside of you. I think the penis that you look at and you're like, the penis that you just like to look at. It has nothing to do with sex. You're like, that's a beautiful penis. The thing about penis for me, though, that like makes it magnificent and like why I want to look at it is intent. So then like magnificent cocks that like want to have sex with me are all magnificent. Sorry, kids at home. Not all (laughs) cocks are magnificent. (laughs) Morgan, I've seen three cocks in my life. You've you've seen more than th- you've seen art. Sure, that's an aesthetic experience. Sure, if you're most of them are kind a, of flaccid, though, so I wouldn't call them magnificent. If you're sculpting an erect penis, okay, art project, mm-hmm. and they're like, you've got to make a convincingly beautiful penis. Yep, is the penis cut or uncut? I literally don't know. Is it circumcised or uncircumcised? I Do you don't not know. know what the phrase means? No, I know what it means. You don't know? You don't know which one you'd rather look at? The one that wants me more? That's it's a made up penis. It's not attached to a person. I think that's the part it's of this. It's just though. a marble. But it's, like, here's what I'm saying. It's just a thought experiment. You don't have to like actually think about it. You just have to be like, "All right, I have been assigned with sculpting a beautiful penis. Uh-huh. Here are the choices I'm going to make. Because a penis uh-huh. is a penis. Yeah. A penis isn't just for your sexual enjoyment. <laughs> okay? But I mean, like, so I'm saying my magnificent cock is. I'm saying aesthetically, uh-huh. you're just creating an aesthetic thing, a dead thing, okay. a thing to look at. Mm-hmm. It's just the penis. Right. People are like, we're redoing David. Okay. We're redoing David, and he has got to have an erect penis. And cool. Isabeau, you are the only person who can art direct a project of this magnitude. I feel really honored by this. That's true. Here's the thing, though. The marble penis is not going to want to have sex with you. So that's <laughs> off the table. Well, I'm already not the gal direction. for the job, Morgan. So it needs to be, let's start simply. Is there a foreskin here? Yes or no? I love that you want to pin me down on this one, but like, honest to it's God. It's not even a thing to pin you down on. That would imply that there was something controversial happening here. That's the thing, though. Like, aesthetically speaking, it's 50-50 for me. Like, I am as attracted to cut penises as uncut. Okay, but like, I can't choose between because I don't honestly care. You could just make a decision. You can be like, someone's like, you can only look at one penis one kind of penis for the rest of your life it's circumcised or uncircumcised I feel like this is the easiest one it does it have pubes or not it definitely has pubes it definitely has pubes okay great is it leaning a direction or is it straight I guess it leans left very good okay is there a curve to it no straight okay it's straight it's leaning left would you describe it as veiny it has one vein one single vein it is not a veiny object I feel like you're just asking about John's dick. Is that really what you think? The question of like what a penis aesthetically is, is like, it's so deeply tied to intent for me where I'm like, as long as it like wants to do the job. I worry about you. You need to break it up. You need to break it up. I look at lots of dicks. I like they're all beautiful in their own way. Oh, sure. They're all beautiful in their own way. But which one is the one you think is most beautiful? Well, sometimes on Wednesdays, it's like I kind of want to go for an uncut. On Tuesdays, I want to go for a cut. What about Monday night? Monday night. I'm not asking you for like all 
all of time I'm asking you in this moment. Never mind. Was there a sexy part for you? You thought it was going to be sexy, but then it turned into that disappointing shower, shower scene. scene. Yeah. Like, you know, there was like a lot of like anticipatory moves that I was just like, oh, this is going to be great. And then it just like, burp, burp. I was like, oh, why is this in sepia and backstory and like past tense when everything else is in present? That would imply that it describes sex at all. <laughs> there was a sex scene. There was a condom involved. But again, it was a fade to sepia like flashback I guess my sexiest part is the part where they use the condom I was not turned on by this <laughs> I was genuinely repulsed by some of the recipes uh yeah romance or nomance uh, it's, it's a nomance yeah it's a nomance yep all right, we love you. Good night, Mia McAndrews. <laughs> I think that you should sell it to Hallmark, and I think it would be a really good movie. Oh, it would be a perfect Lifetime movie. For this would actually genuinely be a perfect Hallmark movie. Yep, I agree. Now she really liked the guy, and then he like drugged her gravy. God, I'm all about the gravy this evening. Yep. He drugged her gravy and took advantage of her, and then she started this court case against him. <laughs> that would be the Lifetime extradition. version. Yeah, that would be the Lifetime version, which is... Are you more of a Lifetime movie or a Hallmark movie kind of gal? Do you even have to ask? Yes. Obviously, I am Hallmark, even though I deeply want to be Lifetime. But there were just a few too many after-school specials about date rape and anorexia, like, all mixed together, all starring Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart, in my mind. She never did she did the one called speak where she's date raped at a party and then like she can't talk about that's it a lifetime movie yeah she's like 14 when she made it she was just a baby she's so talented she was so talented in that film was- she's talented and even like now well, twilight she's kind of checked out but so were we all <laughs> she's very talented one of my favorite saturday night live hosts mm. i always think she does a really great job i'm a lifetime yeah not be bothered with those hallmark movies i feel like i'm like this is christian <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know, know why these they're people preaching to me. But are they these are. people using puppies to bang one another? <laughs> That's not cool, mm, isn't it? Why is your mom so involved in your love life? <laughs> never been to a town in my life that had a quaint frozen pond that people ice skated on in the middle of town and yet it is the only place that exists in Hallmark land. Shawna, Wisconsin had a very quaint pond in Memorial Park. They'd flood it in the winter and mm-hmm. then you could ice skate on it. That sounds adorable. It was really it adorable. sounds beautiful. Yeah, it was cold. So I remember most that's about thing, it. That's the thing about Hallmark movie. Like, they're never cold. They're never they're cold. They're never wearing one of those big puffy sleeping bag coats yep. like you got to. Yep. You got to here especially if you're gonna fucking ice skate for like an hour let's have a drink and talk about this next book that sounds great all right we love you good night Whoa, indeed. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Womance. All editing and music is done by Nick Gravelin. Our logo is by Mary Reichman. And our webmistress is Jane Bonzak. They're the best. Feeling woeful about having to wait a whole week for more Womance? Well, cheer up, buttercup. You can creep or connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, or our website. Our webpage is womancepod.com. If you prefer to be more verbose and or direct, why not send us an email? We're womancemail at gmail.com, and we can't wait to hear from you. In the meantime, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast listening app. Until next week.